0: You're listening to the Whistle Pulse podcast with me, Laura Hanlon, keeping your finger on the pulse with all the local info you need to know. I've got you covered every weekday morning. So, happy Friday. How are you? Yeah, we have four centimetres on the snow ruler this morning after a spattering uh, last night. But yeah, uh, as yesterday had nine centimetres on the snow ruler after skiing yesterday, it was easy to see. It wasn't a universal nine, no. And you know what? There were definitely uh, more centimetres on northerly facing features yesterday, as expected. However man, did you bottom out quick on that crust, huh? Yeah, a lot of texture on the backside of seventh. And, you know, the it wasn't exactly smooth. It was it was work. And that poor person who came up on that cliff band went too far past a couple of uh, cliff signs there. I know if you were riding Glacier yesterday for a few laps, you saw Ski Patrol, uh, yeah, putting in an anchor on that rope to help the poor guy who was uh, frozen. And, you know, that was, uh, yeah, that would have been a bad time if he fell off there yeah well done ski patrol for helping him in his panic state but yeah on the backside, of seventh I mean lower angle was better to ski hey gray zone had some good turns and it depended on your viz as well fraggle you know and in and around crystal was fun but uh yeah that crust that melt freeze crust it's something else and guess what well, we've got another rain crust coming. What with all the rain, uh, yeah, anticipated this weekend. I know, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room, the pineapple express. Choo-choo, it arrives tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately, earlier than expected tomorrow afternoon, we're going to see, well, yeah, even in the morning, the freezing level really shoot up. But Sunday, Monday, really high freezing level right through until sort of Wednesday, and we're hoping that where Wednesday we see some snow and that freezing level drops but that will mean yeah um some warm slushy mashed potato skiing in uh in yeah, your Gore-Tex, your most waterproof clothing, wear that, yeah, over the next few days if you're skiing. I know, we're going to have light, then heavy rain, particularly sort of Monday. We'll talk about that on Monday's episode, but for Saturday, tomorrow, yeah, the freezing level to already be at the Rendezvous and Roundhouse by the morning, and then, yeah, to see some rain in the high Alpine on Saturday, as well as Sunday evening. Just uh, hopefully we have a bit of a Respite from the rain on Sunday during the day. But yeah, this uh, pineapple uh, really sticking around Monday, Tuesday. But for today, freezing level kind of forecast to be around 1400. Hmm. I don't, I don't I'm not trusting that. I think we'll see an alpine hive about minus one again, having seen at the roundhouse yesterday. It not really dropped below minus two. I'm hoping with these light winds, it's currently minus 2.2 at the Roundhouse. So we're also looking at temperatures this morning. Yeah, the 1,600 realistically, the freezing level on Whistler. And at the Catskinner weather plot at 1570 metres, still minus 1.3. And base depth-wise, yeah, we'll rock in at 1.7 at Pig Alley. But still a more conservative and realistic metre sort of base. Um, at the same elevation at the Catskin Weather Plot on Blackcomb. So. I uh, know. But for today, yeah, enjoy these cooler temperatures today before they really warm up tomorrow. Having said that, I've really been enjoying the lower mountain ski out. And School Mom is available for you today on Black Home, along with Crab Apple, that is groomed today on Whistler. I also noticed Cat Skinner is groomed again on Black Home today, and Glissando, uh, that run uh, adjacent to the Glades, now nice and smooth today out in Symphony. And yes, the T Bar run is. Uh, is groomed. Still no update on the potential for the showcase tea bar to open. But if you put in the work, you can visit the ice cave. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's going to be this weekend. I know, I know. Yeah, January. A lot of people lamenting uh, what this season has been like. But uh, somebody was recalling just yesterday on the lift about, what was it, 2003, 04. There was a really poor snow year. Um, it happens. And hey, make lemonade, uh, you know, be adaptable. It's uh, still awesome to social ski up there. But if you are looking to backcountry travel, I am curious as to why. But I mean, you know what? No, I'm not going to be judgy at all. Uh, there will be some good pockets after yesterday's snow in the high alpine and those winds. However, that does mean considerable avalanche danger due to the potential for those storm slabs that will be resting on that really firm melt freeze crust. So choose conservative terrain in the alpine, reads the bulletin, and give the storm snow time to bond. Storm stabs will be most reactive on high north facing terrain. And yeah, uh, that means we do have considerable avid danger in the alpine, moderate in tree line, low below tree line. And yeah, on Wednesday, a skier triggered size one wind slab went on a north facing roll in the the Alpine. And we do have 20 to 50 centimeters of recent storm snow being redistributed into wind slabs by those southerly winds. And yeah, wind speeds right now 30 to 40 across the musical bumps and those elevations. But yeah, 50 plus uh, kilometers an hour at uh, the horseman hunt and the peak today, too. So yeah, lots to take into account there. And oh boy, fingers crossed for Wednesday. But in the valley for temperatures, what are we going to see? Well, we did have a high of four degrees in the valley yesterday. Mm -hmm. And that's what's forecast again for today. But we're looking at potentially six degrees with this incoming rain and warm front on Saturday in the Valley and yeah, temperatures well above freezing. We're talking four and five degrees. And Sunday, a high of seven forecast here. It'll be even warmer down in Squamish. I think they're forecast eleven degrees in Squamish on Sunday. Yeah, but four degrees today with some fog patches dissipating this morning, and this rain ending late this evening. With a yeah chance of showers, but it re picking up again tomorrow. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Seven fifty four is sunset and. So Uh, 4.56 is, sorry, 7.54 is sunrise and 4.56 is sunset tonight, which means, oh yeah, potential for a lot of pooling on the highway uh, for your drive over the next couple days with some utility maintenance work continuing today with some closures on Highway 99 that could well affect some people's commute. I I doubt it because a lot of these finish by 3.30, 4 p.m. to anticipate the influx of traffic coming. Coming up for the weekend of skiing from the lower mainland. So uh, over the weekend, not much maintenance happening, but uh, I really can't stress enough that there are quite a lot of potholes on the roads locally here in Whistler, like I'm looking at some bridge connections around the, uh, well, north of Rebagliati Park, sorry, south, I guess, of Rebagliati Park there, that bridge that somebody launched off a couple summers ago, well, adjacent to anyway, right by the gondola transit loop. And some of these potholes will have a lot of water in over the next couple days. So be careful that you don't spray pedestrians. It has happened to me so many times (laughs) um, where I've been hit. But yeah, yeah, just want to give you a heads up on that one because they're prevalent right now. Oh, boy. Also want to give you a heads up on a bunch of events happening this weekend. Of course, the Fire and I show at the base of Whistler on Sunday from 7.30. But most importantly, um, uh, the last upload from the Valley is going to be changing tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah, this isn't going to affect the Alpine lifts yet, no. But base lifts will be operating 30 minutes longer. So, you know, to upload from the Valley and uh, and the Lifts above that will be 3.30 now but no that does still mean that symphony closes at 2 and the other alpine lifts still close at 2.30 yeah and uh, there's a Discover Skeleton and Luge program happening this Sunday. And this is aimed at participants and um, uh, youth and children to get a taste of these Winter Olympic sports at an incredibly discounted rate if they live in BC. And uh, yeah, they, it's uh, an awesome opportunity to, to discover those. And oh man, is skeleton fun. Uh, so yeah, I want to put that on people's radar for, for their, that youth program. Programming That's this Sunday. And I've I've been mentioning there's been a conversation, a men's conversation circle happening at the library um, recently, but there's actually a New Moon Women's Circle as well that kicks off on February 8th from 7 until 8.30 p.m. And I'm just going to find out. Yeah, that's going to be at the Maury Young Arts Centre. So, um, yeah, cool. A couple of different circles there and including... The In-Person Community Book Club, which happens on the last men- Monday of the month. So that is going to be happening at the library this uh, this Monday, the, the 29th at 7 p.m. And they'll be discussing wintering, the power of rest and retreat in difficult times. Yeah, cool, hey? So you've still got plenty of time and with The Wet Weekend to enjoy reading that, you can get 15% off the book if you buy a proper copy at Armchair Books. If their library is out with copies to borrow, just mention the book club and you receive 15% off. Yeah. For February, they'll be reading Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Yes. So, uh, yeah, awesome community book club in person there. There's a virtual one as well. But over the weekend, you've got plenty of opportunity, the last opportunity actually, to enjoy Andrea Mueller's uh, uh, exhibition that's been on since December 6th. That's Inconsistent Memory. The last day of which to enjoy that will be tomorrow at the Maury Young Arts Centre. And... And in terms of live music, oh, well, you've got, uh, let's see, Industry Night at the Raven Room on Sunday with uh, Witness DJing from 10 p.m. But they have Geometric doing Slay Apres, 3 till 6 p.m. this Sunday at the Raven Room. And, oh, let's see, what else cracks on a Sunday? You've got Open Mic Night at RMU on Sunday nights. And at the Dublin Gate this week, you have Ruckus Deluxe playing today, Friday, along with tomorrow Saturday for APRE and at 9 p.m. with Pat and Mike playing on Sunday and the Hair Farmers will be playing at Merlin's tonight, it being a Friday, along with Dusty's tomorrow as well for APRE and I'm really excited to share a conversation with Grateful Greg next week in the local lounge on... um on Friday's episode, but I've got special guests, Ed and Natasha Tatton from Bread featuring in today's local lounge. Yes, I hang tight for that. But yeah, um, let's tell you about some more events that are on your radar because yes, the Whistler Pride Parade will be happening at 2 p.m. today, which will be skiing down from uh, Olympic Station, mid-station, so join um, people there to ski on down. And I have to mention... That the response from Whistle Black Home really needs commending on their Instagram after to support their post about Whistle Pride. It was shocking to see some really. Uh, d- disparate like awful posts from people uh, th- th- that aren't inclusive and the WB's representation speaking up in the comments it really you really showed up to be an ally for the queer community and yes yeah, some of them like when people are like oh time to unfollow <laughs> whoever is doing your marketing to reply bye uh needs recognizing because yeah a lot of their, uh, their professional comments as well. Replies were to be commended and that didn't go un- unnoticed by a lot of people in the community, I really have to say. So yeah, with the pride, Absolutely something to be celebrated. And the parade kicks off today at Olympic Station at 2 p.m. And, of course, the snowball is happening tomorrow night. Um, I'm not working it this year but uh, and unable to attend. But, I, uh, yeah, I know that's going to be mega. And today's going to be mega, too, in a lot of areas because, yeah, it's uh, Australia Day. And there is a poll online about where the party's going to be. Is it going to be in Budaville? Is it going to be in Kybers? Last year was Budaville and... It was a miracle everybody got out safe, Uh, so make sure you do and that you look after each other if you're partying on the hill. Yeah, uh, can't stress that enough. But other other events, you ask? Oh, I've already mentioned, but continuing today at the in the Callahan Country, uh, that Alexander Falls Touring Centre, uh, that if you dress in really brightly coloured attire today oh tomorrow, then you, yeah, I'm talking rainbow tyre, brighter the better, then you can receive a 20% discount on your rental for the day. Mm-hmm. And I'll remind you that at Dusty's tomorrow evening, so after the Hair Farmers play, at 9pm, Frankie and the Witch Fingers with Heavy Trip, are playing at Dusty's. And on Saturday, Brother Twanger at the Fire Rock Lounge, George and Jay from 9 p.m. until midnight, with oh, all the beer yoga happening at a line whistler from 4 to 5 p.m. That's getting a real following. And coming up on, well, it's going to be February 5th because it, it was uh, such a uh, fun and rowdy New Year's Eve at Handlebar. They do have live music again from Rory Malkin from Introduce we- Wolves coming up on February 5th. Yeah, so some live music and beer that night for sure. And speaking of inclusivity, Whistler Community Services shared a post about their entire Whistler Community Services Society, reuse it, rebuild it teams, and a few board members coming together for a very important neuro-inclusivity Uh, work training workshops. So uh, amazing to see the details from that. Also, Kev Mack, yeah, great shots. I saw that uh, GoPro shared those. Yeah, you did the work and got to the ice cave. Nice. (laughs) They look great. Um, Well done. Uh, Also, well done to WAG. Yeah, they're doing an open shelter day tomorrow. I know I mentioned yesterday they have a lot of puppies available for adoption. And you can learn more about their various programs, meet the staff and animals and license your animals too. Tomorrow they have their open shelter day between 1 and 4 p.m. down in Nesters. Yeah. Oh, and I saw Arts Whistler were hiring because they put up an amazing post. Um, really enjoy that. They're looking for a venue services lead. Um, yeah, and Arts Whistler is such an incredible uh, body in our town. So, um, yeah, if you're looking to join the team, more details about that online for sure. And also online, a reminder that if you're looking for some Australia Day programming today, and it's not going to be at Kybers or Booteville, or you want to hear the the triple j's hottest 100 party and yeah i do want to listen to some of it having put my votes in you can as of 5 p.m yeah a free entry to mojo's they're going to be uh, screening like airing the hottest 100 at mojo's from 5 p.m but they're doing a sausage sizzle at tapley's first up at 3 p.m and yeah both of those um venues not charging cover and you've got music by lav and badger as well tonight today so yeah Oh, Chris Browner from Stay Wild Organics. Uh, if you aren't familiar with his mushroom product line, super cool here in town. He's looking for a surfboard ding repair and a couple great options. Gary Wayne's Shapes, who does a lot of wing-foiling down in House Sound. Could be the, your guy, also Steve Leggy from Kahuna Paddleboard. So cool to know if you're in town and need that sort of service too. But, uh, yeah, time for a couple birthday shout-outs, eh? Mm, it is Jai's birthday today. Jai, surely your last name is not actually mate. But, Jai, I uh, hope you have a fantastic birthday today. Along with Olympian and oh, gold, pie, gold X Games medalist in the halfpipe, the only Canadian to get gold in halfpipe, Simon D'Artois' birthday today. And when are the X Games coming up? Monday? This weekend? Ooh, I should know that. But Simon, happy happy birthday to you! Along with Ethan Bagley's birthday coming up on Sunday. You might know Ethan from Oh Alpine Cafe as their awesome chef, or um, for yeah maybe building an igloo or two. But. It is also very talented skier, all-round awesome guy, but from the free ride Club, Finn Target. Uh, his birthday as well. Happy birthday, Finn. And, oh, Whistler alumni, uh, old, um, he's not old, I just mean he used to be the assistant manager of Tapley's, Peter Lawrence, and, yeah, Garfield Gibson's, um, <laughs> that's not his real name, but birthday as well. Miss his barista's coffee. But let's give you some phenomenal, Facts from the phenomenal stinkies on the stroll. Which, yeah, if you want to get a seat on Sunday with a Coast Mountain Go Sports Lager, you got to be there early. But it was on this day in, oh, let's see, that uh, in 1871 the Rugby Football Union was formed at a meeting of 21 clubs at the Pall Mall Restaurant. Yeah, from Monopoly, Mm -hmm, somewhat 1871. But yeah, it was in 1926 on January 26th that John. Logie Baird gave the first public demonstration of television in his laboratory in London. Yeah, I know, cool, eh? Or how about the fact that on this day, oh, in 1980, Frank Sinatra sang to 175,000 people in Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, it's the great one's birthday. Wayne Gretzky is sixty-three today, and oh, this is Nali from nineteen seventy-two. Flight attendant uh, Vesna Vulovic, she's Serbian. She survived a ten thousand-plus fall without a parachute—the world's highest fall without a parachute to be survived. Oh yeah, Nali, right? Whew. Also, on this day in, oh, let's see here. Um, in 1968, this one's for you, Stinky. Pink Floyd played their first gig without Sid Barrett, and that was at Southampton University. And they were supported by none other than Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, later to be named T Rex, of course, featuring Mark Bolin and Peregrine. Steve Peregrine took Yeah, I know. Um, So I'm going to wrap it up there for you so I can give you uh, an episode of the local lounge with Mr. and Mrs. Bread. But I've got, of course, your joke of the day first brought to you by Coast Mountain Brewing. And this one, well, a storm blew away 25% of my friend's roof last night. Oof. (laughs) And I I know I realized too late that I missed track of the day yesterday. And this one comes from a four-piece out of Newcastle, like, you know, it's a central coast um, from Australia. And they're a four-piece called Surf Trash. And they're super young. Hey, two of the brothers in there. And the track that I'm really digging right now is Wrong or Right. Um, it's got a really California surf kind of feel but yeah they're from Newcastle in Australia and I'm digging it so that's track of the day and yeah let me give you um without further ado a very some very special guests Mr. and Mrs. Bread The Whistle Pulse Local Lounge mr and mrs bread in the studio to talk about uh not just sourdough lots and lots of things uh but i don't know where to do the introduction first and i think it's going to come with what brought you to whistler in the first place and and then how bread started because i remember buying loaves from Alta bistro when you were the head chef there so what brought you both to whistler in the first place
1: Snowboarding. I mean, yeah. it's that typical Whistler story. <laughs> We're just going to come for six months, just do a season. We wanted some time out of our jobs back in England. We'd had quite successful careers there, but me personally was feeling a bit burnt out. I had an itch to travel. Ed wanted to kind of join me on that. So, yeah, it was renting the house out for a year, Go to, go to Whistler, six months there and then we plan to go to Montreal for six months <laughs> and typically, as everyone knows in this town, you, you end up staying, you're like, oh, let's stay for summer as well and then let's do another winter and it just keeps going and you're in the cycle of Whist life, you know.
2: And then now it's ten years later. we <laughs> We've got our uh... Passports and everything, so... Oh, my
1: with accents now.
0: Yeah, well, I keep I keep thinking I'm going to get mine revoked because I don't drink Caesars, like clam juice in a drink. I think, I, you, I know you're both going to agree, is just wrong. But, <laughs> like, uh, I didn't realise ten years.
2: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, so like Tash said, we just needed some time out. And I was actually sous chef at Alto, but with mm-hmm. being with, with Nick, the head chef there, it kind of felt like that. It felt like, you know, family and he let me sort of be creative and help me launch Brett, yeah. which was incredible. Like they were really supportive and just started, you know, as an underground little club. Like you said, come on Thursday, pick it up, Brown Book. Yeah. put everyone's names down, and it just organically grew from there.
0: Yeah, it was old school. And you'd have such different... I remember the charcoal one. Like, yeah. my freezer was a rainbow of different types of bread, because whatever I didn't finish, I sliced up, still do, with your loaves. And then it's like, oh, am I going to have apricot today
2: or <laughs> potato? Totally. Yeah, it was, it was like market research, which we didn't know at the time, but for... Bread as it is now, the bakery, it was like you really learn what works for me as a baker, but also what people enjoyed and yeah. they'd give me direct feedback.
0: Totally, yeah. And how long has bread been in Creekside now for?
1: Uh about five years it now. Is. Yeah. 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 And when we moved in, like locals will remember. There were not many businesses operating in Creekside. It was a little bit of a ghost town. Mm. Um, The former landlord had just let it kind of sit empty for years. And so when we told our neighbours that we were opening a bakery we just got so many like negative Nancy's going like oh nothing works in Creekside yeah I've seen so much stuff come and go and it was just like all the haters and I thought I better not even tell you it's vegan then
2: yeah I mean I I guess it gave us even more drive you know you just want to prove people wrong a little bit you're just like no we believe in it yeah we can make it work
0: absolutely we have to (laughs) and I I still hear it when I come in as well for for Loaves you'll occasionally hear someone say oh 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 like uh, can I have milk regular milk and yeah. they, they are unaware but you have such a loyal following and your veganism really permeates into people's lifestyle like mm-hmm. you know like it's we need more ethical sustainable businesses and your model is is really like inspirational for a lot of people i think locally down in vancouver you have a huge following the mm-hmm. pickup loaves as well when they come
1: visit yep. and how many trees have you planted now Uh, Close to 70,000. We're like 69,000 and something. So every week we pull a report from our POS system and then um, put it on a spreadsheet and make sure that we're giving regular donations to Trees for the Future that match our sales of Mm. hot drinks, cold drinks. Um, And so, yeah, we've planted 70,000. I'd like to get to 100,000 by the end of next year. That's kind of like our target and then after that we might review it and we might change our giving back um, and donate to some other causes because we've made such a commitment to do that with trees for the future that we've had to say no to a lot of other causes Um, but we're really passionate because we always thought that you know with everyone telling us that we were going to (laughs) fail five years ago (laughs) we thought well at least we'll have some impact you know even if we go out of business we've planted a forest so that was the kind of (laughs) mad strategy in that so I'm quite pleased with our achievement so far um and yeah it's really nice to be able to give back to something that has a social impact and an environmental impact as well
0: absolutely wow and you just said that yeah it's uh something that you're really proud of but you should be proud of so much more as well because you both got b corp status this year which Mm -hmm. is huge yeah and for people that don't know about that can you tell us a bit more about it too
1: yeah, so the B in B Corp stands for Benefit and it's a global force of companies using business as a force for good, actually. So you have your, your whole business scrutinised by a third party, which is called B Labs, and they operate globally, but we're with the US and Canada one, and they go through everything. So looking at your payroll, looking at um, all your receipts, any certifications you have, your suppliers... And they really just go through everything where you source your raw materials and they give you points. And the goal is to get to 80 points. The only other Whistler-born business I know that have this is Gibbons, which a lot of people are quite surprised about. But Gibbons do give, and I'm not promoting them, but I'm not paid by them, but they do give a lot of money to uh, local like festivals and athletes and stuff. So they, they have more of a social impact, whereas we're a little bit more on the environmental side with a lot of our organic sourcing, local sourcing, and then obviously the donations that we make to um, animal and environmental charities, Um, So we've had everything looked at from the inside out and proven that we are what we say we are which is an ethical company and then you get given this logo which is a circle with a B in it and you can put that um, on your front door, put it on your packaging, put it on your website, put it everywhere so everybody knows oh they're a B Corp, that means they're a good company, essentially the world is a better place for you being in business than without it.
0: Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. you Do you feel that? You you must be proud. Yeah, and- totally. Mm. It, it's
2: more than like we never, we knew, you know, when it, you open a hospitality, like food and beverage business, you're not doing it for money. Like unless you're sort of one of these massive corporate companies that are rolling out pretty average food and it's all about the numbers. For us, it was, we wanted more, like Natasha said, we wanted to, whenever bread closes in the future, we want it to be like not just A community sort of impact but a sort of environmental helping the animals everything else Mm. that um, create jobs within our community bring people together like you said people bump into each other at the shop and it's and it and kids you know it's open plans people can see what we're doing we're very open in what we do back of house but also front of house people have questions about what we're making Um, we welcome that.
0: Yeah, and very much via your Instagram too. You have a huge mm-hmm. following online, totally. and through a lot of trips you've done at other vegan establishments, you've got mm-hmm. a huge network of uh, you know uh, ethical uh, companies that you really affiliate with and friends. And mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, that's just one string to your bow. Totally. Because you've also, I mean, what a success story! Came here for a season, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, you know what?
1: Maybe we should write a cookbook. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) we never thought let's write a cookbook penguin canada came to us and said would you like to write a cookbook we've been watching you for a while and we think there is a kind of niche in book publishing for something that's sourdough and vegan related and we had to agree because we ourselves had looked for vegan baking books to get inspiration from and hadn't found much out there Though, you know, the market is saturated with vegan cookbooks and, you know, meals that you can make in 15 minutes and that type of thing. Mm. So we, we did notice ourselves that, yeah, there isn't a lot of literature out there on baking vegan. Most baking has traditionally been reliant on eggs, butter, cream, etc. Um, it takes a lot to to change that and for people to start using plant-based ingredients instead there's still such a kind of attachment to the way our grandmothers baked, you know, and, and carrying on tradition. But unfortunately, we're now coming to realise that the environmental impact and the animal agriculture industries, their treatment of animals it's not sustainable long term and it's not it's just not nice it's, there's some really cruel practices going on that um and i don't want to get into that too much because this is an upbeat show <laughs> but you know most people would be horrified if they knew it, and we we need to change that and we don't want to see that in the world anymore so we're really passionate about showing people look how delicious a vegan cinnamon bun is mm. an organic sourdough vegan cinnamon bun with vegan cream cheese frosting yes. you can have all the indulgence that you ever wanted And you don't have to hurt anyone and you don't have to have a Mm -hmm. negative impact on the planet. And I think that's positive. So once people have tasted it, we we start to see people are interested in it. We're starting to see lots of people come to our bakery who are not identifying as vegan and they're surprised and they say, wow, I didn't know this was vegan. And Mm -hmm. it actually tastes good, which is the best compliment we can get, (laughs) you know, because there is a lot of bad vegan food out there as well. And I think part of that is you either get chefs, cooks who have no passion for vegan food and just make it because they feel they have to. And then you get vegan empowered business owners who want to provide vegan food, but don't have the culinary training that someone like Ed has Mm. with his fine dining background. And therefore the products they make are substandard. They don't stand up to traditional bakeries and you know kind of professional cooks and chefs out there so it's really important that people that are passionate about baking vegan learn how to do it properly Mm. uh, or or just making vegan food in general that they they inject passion into it and think about flavor and texture and all of those elements that create a great dish or a great cake or whatever it might be Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's that was the great thing about the book it's never going to be a good time but when someone like penguin canada approaches you it's like you can't really say no so (laughs) this was our way of sort of you know, it's 100 recipes. So I sold it the other day. I'm like, it's 50 bucks, but it's 50 cents a recipe. So when you break it down like that, you know, you are getting a lot of bang for your, for your dollar. And it's all of, you know, we shared everything in there, like all the classics we make at the bakery. Like Tash said, the cinnamon buns, cookies. And someone said to our customers, like, you're sharing all your secrets. But for us, it's bigger than that. It's kind of, we want to share this knowledge with people and we want to make it accessible. Mm. Because baking in general is a bit scary. It's a bit intimidating. So by having all the good elements that we've seen in previous cookbooks, like, you know, taking step-by-step instructions, guiding people through that mm. and giving them a variety of different recipes from really simple things like making a, a cake in a food processor, We've got a really nice gluten-free orange and almond cake, super easy and, you know, minimal washing up, which is always good Perfect. to, you know, more advanced, you know, uh, recipes that people can, can sort of grow into. So it was great and also we were able to do recipes maybe we can't sell the the bakery because Mm -hmm. of packaging or refrigeration or how it's going to travel so or frying for example donuts like i love a good donut Mm -hmm. so we made a chai spice donut filled with raspberry and cranberry jam love that um So, I mean, to be honest, if we had them at the bakery, I think Tash and I would be about 500 pounds because we'd be (laughs) eating like five a day. So, the cookbook was good, but everything was in moderation. We sort of make it, test it. Um, So, the recipes are trialed, you know, tested, tasted, (laughs) and all shot at the bakery. That was the other cool thing. Oh, wait. Yeah. So, we shot everything there as much as possible in natural Mm. light. Um, I didn't want too many props, you know, nice plates and boards and things like that, but mm-hmm. all about all about the food.
0: Wow, wow, harm-free food, mm-hmm. you know, and fifty recipes, like you said. And I, by the way, I A do hundred, rem- 100, sorry, yes, yes, I do remember <laughs> the uh, donut pop-ups you've done, and they yeah. were dangerous because I'd buy four, yeah, totally, and I wouldn't necessarily share. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the recipes, like I, I remember Natasha you saying at one point, because during COVID, you know, sour sourdoughs really blew up home baking and people curating uh, sourdoughs, you know, starters in particular and that really expanding. And so have you seen maybe, have you seen a slow, uh, not a slowdown in that, are you still seeing growth in there and interest in people like looking to cultivate, uh, yeah, a bit better eating habits and...
2: Yeah, there's definitely been a decline in it since mm. everyone went back to work. I think, you know, you need time to sort of nurture sourdough. I think what the great thing it's done is either people have stuck with it or they haven't, but they have an appreciation for it. So mm. now they come in the bakery and they're like, oh, I made it for a bit. I still have a sourdough starter, but it's a bit dormant in the fridge. With the release of the book, now we're actually going to start selling our sourdough starter at the bakery oh. so um, come in soon stay tuned through Instagram
0: wow. Ed's
2: underscore bread <laughs> uh, little pun uh, we'll be selling it dried so we found from our trip to the UK recently for a book launch that we dried it we spread it as a cracker and took it on the plane, and then we were able to rehydrate it in England. Whoa! It came back in no time, two or three days. No we were way. back to normal just by some fresh flour and water. We'd so we have
1: never done that before. So we just
2: thought,
0: wow. it was
2: a bit of a trial run, and it worked so well that we were like, there's so many tourists or people that want to gift sourdough starter to a friend mm-hmm. who might be on the East Coast or in another country, you know, you can, you can send it to them or you can gift it to them. Um, so stay tuned for that because that's pretty exciting that people we're gonna we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get into sourdough Mm. or, or share that baking you know skill
0: wow that's incredible mm-hmm. I mean not only is of course your uh, your cookbook itself going to be an incredible gift for people outside of Christmas before anywhere around um, that and with you just mentioning you because you're from both from the UK originally that really brings in some different recipes and <laughs> uh, including the espresso cake because mm-hmm. when you get coffee cake in Canada <laughs> it doesn't have coffee in it but you've changed that
1: <laughs> yeah it was a bit of uh a... We had to think about how to how to actually label that cake because we thought if we called it coffee cake, people might not realise that it actually has coffee in. So we went for espresso coffee cake, mm. um, just to be clear. Uh, but that is an interesting difference. And when I researched into it, why? Why does coffee cake in North America not contain coffee? It tends to be like... I don't know, blueberry and lemon flavoured or something. Mm. And it's something to do with like Dutch bakers emigrating over to North America years ago and about the same time as people were starting to drink coffee um, worldwide, these coffee houses were popping up and they needed something to go with the coffee and they would just take these like Dutch German baker's cakes and hence the name coffee cake came about and that's why... In the UK, they didn't have that. They didn't have that kind of influx of Dutch and German people bringing cakes all of a sudden Mm. into coffee shops. So for us, it was very, you know... Tea and scones. Yeah, it was tea and scones, (laughs) I suppose, yeah. Yeah, coffee houses are not a bit more of a recent thing, I think, in the UK. Tea was definitely more of a preferred drink for for many years. Mm. But we
2: got some uh, awesome, like you said... Uh, Classics like British classics. So the Bakewell tart, which we've had on at the shop, Mm. uh, Cherry Bakewell. Um, We've got shortbread because I've got Scottish heritage. Wow.
1: Um, Even that potato frittata that's a discard recipe mm -hmm. is inspired by a Scottish potato scone. Wow. Um, That's kind of like something that you would make in um, a griddle, like a pan.
2: Yeah, so it was really fun because we had, I think when we wrote the contents page, that was the first thing Penguin wanted, just to see the sort of skeleton of where the book would go. Mm. And they gave us a lot of freedom with with that, which was nice. But 50 recipes was quite easy because that was things that we'd made over the last previous few years. And then the next 50, it was like, where do we want to take this? So because we've done a bit of traveling while we've been together in India, in Australia, places like that, now living in North America, we were able to take influences from all over the place. So we've got a really nice sourdough pita bread, um, We've got Anzac cookies in there, which is really good. Mm. Uh, we've got pecan pie. Wow. So there's a real sort of eclectic mix. It's like recipes. our
1: life story through baking. <laughs> Everywhere we've been in yeah. food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Wow. There's still more to
0: come, I am sure of it. Oh, and, yeah. yeah.
2: The more oh. you share, that's the thing, going back to, like, customers saying, oh, you're sharing all your secrets – Feel like if you let that creativity go, it sort of allows space for more. Mm. You know, it's kind of you don't always want to be painting the same picture. So for us, it it writing the cookbook is forced creativity because you have a timeline. It's like okay, wow, we've only got a year to do this. That's two recipes a week. That's pretty solid along with running the bakery. Mm. Um, But it was kind of cool in the sense that it was it puts you under a bit of pressure. And I think that's good for a business to keep people, keep the customers engaged, Absolutely. new things, you know, specials, they always go down well.
0: Yeah, gu- guaranteed. But with you saying that as well, with owning and running the bakery and doing all of this on the side, whilst finding time for biking, passionate <laughs> bikers and boarders, um, do you find the baker's hours work or don't work in your favour?
1: They can do. Yeah. I mean, bakers start early in the morning. So if you're starting at 4am, you can finish at midday and you can ski or bike every afternoon. Um But it is for an early bird. It's not, you know, kind of party at Garth's all night and then go straight to work and start <laughs> oh, baking. <boy. laughs> you know, you you need to be an early riser. So as long as you're up for getting up early, then I think it works for you. I think in Whistler, a lot of people come season one is all about partying and playing and working and doing those three things it it doesn't sustain itself by season two most people are sort of knocking the partying a little bit on the head and maybe thinking more about you know how they're going to stay in Whistler long term and make the most of it getting up on the mountain as much as they can Mm. so i think for those kind of more athletically minded people um baking's a great job. It's physical as well. So you get to be active. It's the, it's
2: the triangle. You can't... My boss said to me when I arrived, you can't... It's either party, work, or ski or bike. Mm. You can't do all three. You have to choose which ones you're going to do. Two right. Well, yeah, two of them basically because you've got to work because you've got to learn, yeah. uh, earn your living. But... Actually, at the moment, we're currently looking for a new baker. So if anyone's listening and they're like, you know, I needed a bit of a change in my career, mm. um, then hit us up on Instagram or send us an email to hr at We'd love to hear from you. We're looking for someone who's passionate about food, mm. who has a bit of kitchen experience and is ready to take it to the next level. So if that's you and you're like, I want to come and work for this B Corp company mm-hmm. and earn some good money, we pay well. That comes under our B Corp. We have great benefits. You do. Um, so, yeah, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you because we just want to keep growing, keep learning as a, as a team. Um, so, yeah. We're Let's getting know. a lot of
1: people interested from all over the world that want to come and work at Bread. But, of course, we need locals. We need people here that are already, you know, with housing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's not get onto that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but you can tell us. Maybe
0: maybe sign off with When People can next get a signed copy. Because you're too busy at the bakery to oh, use the no, sign. Oh, no, we pre-sign. They're, okay, signed. Okay, They're ready good. to go.
2: Signed. And, if you know, if we've got time, we'll definitely put in a special special note um, for Christmas and stuff. So we have loads of coffees at the bakery. Um, so if you're in Whistler or the area, come in the bakery. Wednesday to Sunday we're open. Mm. You can get copies at the store or you can order it from anywhere online. The best place I find is penguin.com uh, mm. because if you go on there, there's options. So there's Amazon links, Indigo links, but there's also a really cool button, Shop Local. Cool. So you can just punch in your postcode, zip code, and it will tell you your local Bookstore. Easy. So armchair books in Whistler have it, um, or wherever you're at, you can uh, in Squamish or Vancouver, you know, you can grab it from your local store and support local.
0: Yeah, phenomenal. So important. So important. Thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> Thanks and, for having us. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and I think we'll have to save it, Natasha, for our, what we do with our Wordle entries each day for another time. Do we share it? <laughs> do we not? Natasha and I do Wordle together, but we've since made a new game, haven't we?
1: Yeah, I guess <laughs> hashtag yeah, so geeky.
2: Geeks. yeah. You know
0: what? Feel free to ask us about that when you see us uh, around or at the bakery. <laughs>